0: from the state capitol, WFSU Public Media brings you capital Report. The Florida Legislature wraps up a week-long special session. Among the accomplishments, a change in governance for Disney's Central Florida property, although the governor insists taxpayers won't foot the bill.
1: Disney is going to pay its fair share of taxes and Disney's going to honor the debt and that's exactly what this proposed piece of legislation will do.
0: Also this week, lawmakers loosened the rules for concealed carry of firearms in Florida, although not every Second Amendment fan is happy with the outcome. We want constitutional carry now. We want what the other half of the country has. We'll also check out a host of other matters that kept lawmakers busy this week in the course of their special session. And let us not forget, their regular lawmaking get-together is now just under a month away. I'm Tom Flanagan, this is Capitol Report. There's a new sheriff in town. That was what Governor Ron DeSantis declared this week as he and House Speaker Paul Renner fielded questions about a bill stripping Disney of its self-governing status. As we hear from WQCS's Kevin Kerrigan, the measure would effectively give the governor control over the former Reedy Creek Improvement District near Orlando.
2: The measure keeps the current district boundaries over the Disney parks intact, but the district name will change after two years to the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District, and the governor will have the authority to appoint all of the district's board members.
1: So there's a new sheriff in town, which is no longer self-governing for them. is now gonna be controlled by the state of Florida.
2: The governor also emphasized that Disney would still be responsible for the district's outstanding debt, contracts, and taxes, obligations which will not fall on Florida taxpayers.
1: Disney's going to pay its debt. Disney is no longer going to have self-government. Disney is going to pay its fair share of taxes and Disney's going to honor the debt and that's exactly what this proposed piece of legislation will do.
2: And he said it's likely Disney's taxes will be raised.
1: There's a provision in there that gives the state the ability to tax Disney for a lot of the benefits that they've accrued over the years. You will have a board that's going to maybe more accurately determine the value of the property so they're going to end up paying more more
2: taxes. House Speaker Paul Renner echoed the governor's confidence that the bill will become law.
0: You look at the bill there there's at least a dozen things where powers they had like to build their own nuclear power plant are gone. There's another dozen things that are modified but the most important thing is they were the watchdog of themselves and now they're not. Now the governor's appointees are going to be fully 100 percent in control of that special district. That report from WQCS's Kevin Kerrigan. Some advocates for looser gun laws in Florida say Governor Ron DeSantis promised them a far broader expansion of permitless carry than what's currently proposed. They want open carry to become law, but the so-called constitutional carry measure would only lift permitting requirements for concealed carry. And as Valerie Crowder tells us, that disappointment was on display this week in one of the few hearings on the bill.
3: Governor Ron DeSantis made a promise to a crowd of supporters in Levy County last year.
1: I can't tell you exactly when, sure. but I, 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 I'm I, pretty confident that uh, I will be able to sign a constitutional carry in the law in the same way.
3: As of now, DeSantis has yet to fulfill that promise, and a bill under consideration that would let gun owners carry concealed weapons without a permit or training isn't getting enthusiastic support from gun rights advocates, such as Chris Rose of Alachua County.
0: Tuck it under here. That's not good enough. That's not constitutional carry. Y'all are baiting and switching. Y'all are lying to your constituents. We want constitutional carry now. We want what the other half of the country has. There's good about to be a 26 state. We're about to be a, a minority. I am not a second-class citizen to the rest of america
3: 25 states already have a form of constitutional or permitless carry that's according to the united states concealed carry association the bill florida lawmakers are considering would allow people to carry concealed guns without a permit or training but it would not allow open carry and criminal background checks are still required to buy a gun baker county republican representative chuck Brannon is the bill sponsor in the house
4: It is also not going to change who can and who cannot carry a gun. People that are prohibited now will still be prohibited. Concealed permits will also not go away for those desiring, as I said, a permit for reciprocity purposes. Maintaining a permit is oftentimes wise when traveling out of state, as other states may require non-residents to still have a permit from their state of residence."
3: Democrats on the House hearing committee are worried about the loss of the training requirement, which they believe is a safeguard. But Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri notes that the training requirement doesn't guarantee people will become proficient at shooting.
2: Go on your phone right now, go to Google and, and Google concealed carry permit course in Florida. The first thing that's going to come back is an online training in Las Vegas, Nevada that you can do and you can pay a small fee for. And so the training that people get today is really meaningless training, is it's online course for about 30 minutes and that's what you get. Now it says you have to also do a live fire course, is that Google that and you go to a hotel where they rent a conference room up and down I-4 and you go in the back of the hotel after they take you outside, you shoot into a water barrel with a 22 one time and that's the training.
3: The bill has the endorsement of the Florida Sheriff's Association, but that doesn't change the minds of gun rights advocates who oppose the measure because it doesn't go far enough. Bob White is one of those critics.
0: Now there are those that will follow me that will espouse the conventional wisdom that while this doesn't give us all that we want, it's at least a step in the right direction and we should support it and still advocate for all the things that it doesn't do. The problem with conventional wisdom is that it's not always correct.
3: The Florida Republican supermajority is likely to send the measure to Governor Ron DeSantis' desk, even if it doesn't include an open carry provision. Republicans in the Senate filed their own version of the bill this week, but the only changes are provisions to allow gun-sniffing dogs on school campuses and private school staff members to be armed. I'm Valerie Crowder.
0: After a new state elections police force arrested about 20 previously incarcerated people on charges of voter fraud, several of those cases were thrown out. Lawyers argued their clients only voted in one place, meaning charges brought by a statewide prosecutor did not apply. But as Regan McCarthy reports, a bill from the special session could soon change that.
5: A statewide prosecutor's jurisdiction requires a crime to happen across judicial districts. But Fort Myers Republican Senator Jonathan Martin sponsored a bill he says clarifies that. Under the measure, the statewide prosecutor's jurisdiction applies when other judicial circuits could be impacted by an action taken in a single district.
1: That vote will affect other voters in other counties and possibly other judicial circuits. And so that's why it's important that the statewide prosecutor have jurisdiction to prosecute these cases that might seem like they only occur since they only occur in one judicial circuit, but they have an effect on multiple other judicial circuits. That's why it's important for the statewide prosecutor to be involved.
5: The bill comes after an elections police force created last year arrested 20 previously incarcerated people on charges of voter fraud. Those arrested say they were confused about a state constitutional amendment that restores a former felon's right to vote under certain circumstances. But those convicted of murder or sexual offenses are not eligible for the automatic restoration of their rights.
6: However, even knowing that, they were given voter registration cards by state officials. They didn't steal them, they were given voter registration cards by state officials. And therefore they believed that they had the right to vote. They voted and they were arrested.
5: That's Orlando Democratic Senator Geraldine Thompson. She thinks the state used the arrests as a media stunt.
6: They were the subject of a press conference. Their pictures were splattered all over front pages in the state of Florida. One individual said that he was at home undressed and was not allowed to put his clothes on. He was taken out and arrested because he voted after the state of Florida gave him a voter registration card.
5: Thompson sees the bill as an attempt to deter people from voting. She says it's one more move in a line of similar efforts.
6: We have a law that says that you cannot give a person who is waiting in line to vote food or water. And I want you to think about that. If you have an animal and you have your animal outside, you must give the animal food and water. But you can't do that for a voter. So we want to make it difficult for people to vote
5: but bill sponsor Republican Senator Jonathan Martin says the goal is not to keep people from voting, but to protect the election process.
1: We must make sure that every vote is lawfully cast and those who try to steal our elections are prosecuted to the fullest extent, but also evenly, evenly by a statewide prosecutor who will ensure that the laws are applied evenly and enforced evenly across the state of Florida.
5: Democrats have said the proposal is not needed because voter fraud is not a significant problem in Florida. I'm Regan McCarthy.
0: Florida was once a leader in allowing college athletes to get paid. Now the state will lift some of those early restrictions to make the state's collegiate sports programs more competitive. As Lynn Hatter reports, the measure cleared the state Senate earlier today.
7: Republican Senator Travis Hudson's bill lets public universities and colleges help their athletes secure name, image, and likeness deals.
8: Our current regulatory structure while well-meaning has prevented our colleges and universities from recruiting and retaining student athletes. The bill does three things. It repeals NIL to put Florida on an even playing field.
7: Florida passed its original NIL deal in July of 2021, becoming one of the first states to pave the way for college athletes to be paid. The move came amid growing public pressure on the NCAA to change its rules on athlete compensation. The collegiate sports governing body did eventually In 2022, it finalized its college athlete pay policy, allowing them to commercially benefit from their names, images, and likenesses. That NCAA policy also let institutions get involved in steering NIL deals to their players, something Florida's law specifically banned. Miami Democratic Senator Chevron Jones is excited about that ban finally being lifted.
6: I like the bill. I'm fine with it. I just want to see the uh, the intent Um, with the removal of the liability for the institution.
7: The bill would release public institutions of being responsible for college athletes who get into trouble and may lose their NIL deals, says Hudson.
8: So if they get caught with uh, drinking underage, DUI, anything that is illegal in state statute, if they get suspended, because that's routinely what you do, is suspend a uh, a student athlete, um, that they, if they, it affects their NIL deal,
2: because of their suspension, that they can't go back and sue the university for something they did off the field.
7: The measure expands a requirement that college athletes undergo financial literacy training. A ban on pay for play also remains intact. I'm Len Hatter.
0: After a huge outcry, the Florida High School Athletics Association removed all questions about student athletes' menstrual cycles from its physical examination form at an emergency meeting this Thursday morning. That actually makes Florida one of the only states in the country that does not ask student athletes questions about their periods. The association also revoked its requirement that students turn their entire forms into schools. The whole controversy began last month when a committee made up of doctors and athletic trainers, said the questions should be mandatory, prompting broad pushback, including from state lawmakers. Katie Kokel covers education for the Palm Beach Post, and her reporting has been driving this debate. WLRN's Sherilyn Cabrera spoke with her about how we got here and why it matters.
5: Can you give us a brief timeline about the ongoing controversy regarding athletes' menstrual history and athletic medical forms? How did it all start?
9: As a lot of people know, these questions are not new. They have been on the statewide athlete registration form since at least 2002. A parent of a student who actually doesn't get a period reached out to me at the post and said, hey, I'm filling out this online form and there are some questions about athletes' menstrual history. And I'm not really comfortable with that. So I talked to other parents in August. School was just starting. Many had admitted to like not even really noticing these questions before. But in the overturning of Roe v. Wade in June, in the wake of that, they've been reconsidering the reproductive privacy of themselves, their students, and others in the school system. So I started digging into that in August. And in October, the Post published an investigation into this where I kind of tracked back where these questions came from. The Florida High School Athletic Association, the FHSAA, is the nonprofit organization that is told by state law to handle the registration and the coordination of public school athletics in Florida. And so the FHSAA puts out these documents every year. They're reviewed every couple of years by physicians and the board of directors. And every Florida athlete who is in a public school program has to fill out the same form. So our investigation dug into where these questions came from, how physicians felt about the answers to these questions being submitted to school districts, and where that information was going, specifically in Palm Beach County, where this information is now stored online. That started the ball rolling very quickly. The Palm Beach County School Board and the Barwood School Board sent letters to the FHSAA asking that these questions be removed. And the board of directors met in November to discuss this. At the time, that board of directors kicked it back to their sports medicine committee, which is a committee made up of physicians and athletic trainers, to discuss what the next step should be. And that brought us to January when that sports medicine committee met and actually decided that instead of removing the questions from this form, that they were going to make the questions mandatory and require that all student athletes in Florida turn in all of their medical history to their school district when they register to play. So what is the argument supporters make for mandating them now? These questions are a really important part of the physical examination that student-athletes go through each year. And I've talked to physicians who have said it's very important to talk to young people about their menstrual cycle because very athletic people can often have decreased menstruation. There can be irregularities in athlete's menstrual period, and it's important to know that because it can be a signal of malnutrition, it can be a signal of female athlete triad disorders that can lead to decreased bone density. So the argument is that athletic trainers in schools need all the information that they can get about students. I've spoken with athletic trainers and I've heard them talk about parents not letting the athletic trainer know that a child has asthma or that they have an important condition that can really impact their performance on the field. And so the concern with people who argue that students should fill in their entire medical history and turn it into schools is that more information is always better than less in an emergency situation. There are still other people who, you know, kind of critique that and they say, totally understandable. You want to know if a student has asthma, if they've had, you know, previous surgeries or bone breaks, things like that. But they question whether the menstrual history is really that important for a school personal trainer to know.
0: That was Palm Beach Post education reporter Katie Kokel speaking with WLRN Sherilyn Cabrera. Across Florida, anti-Semitic sentiments have been projected onto buildings hung from an overpass tossed into yards in the night. As Margie Menzel reports, a bill before the legislature would toughen the penalties for some of this.
8: According to the Anti-Defamation League's annual audit of anti-Semitic incidents, Florida is the state with the third highest number of such incidents, 190 in 2021. For perspective, there were 98 such incidents reported statewide in 2017. And I wept for the fact that we have children who require armed guards to safely come to Sunday school. That's just wrong. Alicia Smith chairs the Security Committee of Tallahassee's Temple, Israel. When the regular armed guard didn't show up on Sunday, Smith was called. Outside the classroom, parents were anxiously waiting with their children, afraid to bring them to Sunday school without an armed guard. It's not paranoia, and media reports suggest the number in Florida increased still further last year. An anti-Semitic message was projected on the outside of the TIAA Bankfield football stadium in Jacksonville. Anti-Semitic banners have been hung from interstate overpasses. Anti-Semitic flyers have been distributed in Jewish communities in South Florida.
4: We were called as a, as a community, as a nation, to stand for the 6 billion Jews who got murdered by Hitler's Nazis in World War II. And I think today we're called to stand for the 672,000 Jews now live in Florida.
8: Delray Beach Republican Representative Mike Caruso is the sponsor of House Bill 269. Under the bill, people who take actions such as defacing or damaging religious cemeteries, projecting images of religious animus onto a property without permission, or harassing others because of religious-based garments could be charged with third-degree felonies.
4: Every time I get a threat on Facebook, I just leave it up. You know, I get phone calls. I get it through every median there is. But, you know, the ones on Facebook, my, my wife says, why don't you take them down? I said, no, that just proves the whole point.
8: Caruso's wife is Jewish. The comments on his Facebook page say things like, quote, dismantle the Jewish oligarchy that owns the media. One calls him a traitor and says... Your treasonous attempts to trample the free speech rights of Americans is duly noted and will be dealt with a harsh response. Or, this guy is trying to eliminate free speech. Go reread the First Amendment. He wants to make it a third-degree felony just for pointing out Jewish power.
4: There's always the haters. I I know Randy's gotten some threats. I've gotten a lot of threats. Uh, People that co-sponsor the bill. And right now, I think we've got about 25 legislators uh, co-sponsoring the bill and they all receiving threats. It is not
1: criticized as much as other forms of discrimination. It's sort of like, well, that's just the Jews.
8: One of the co-sponsors of the bill is Brevard Republican Representative Randy Fine, who is Jewish.
10: And so I think what we need to do and what we're proposing to do in Florida is to speak loudly and forcefully and say, this just isn't welcome here.
8: As of now, much of what has concerned Fine and Caruso is considered hate speech. And hate speech, no matter how hurtful or offensive, is protected under the First Amendment. Former Florida Supreme Court Justice Barbara Periente is Jewish too and commends the intent of House Bill 269. And yet,
10: I believe the main concern would be that we do not run afoul of the First Amendment, which entitles individuals and groups to engage in hate speech as long as it doesn't foment violence.
8: Perianti belongs to a temple in Palm Beach County that, like Temple Israel in Tallahassee, has increased its security. The Anti-Defamation League reports that 2021 recorded the highest number of anti-Semitic incidents nationwide since the group started tracking them in 1979. The ADL began seeing a sharper rise in anti-Semitism in 2016, the year former President Donald Trump was elected. Reports of anti-Semitic activity have increased each year since 2018. Perianti does not name names. But she notes that one of the early steps leading to the Holocaust was the banning and burning of books.
10: And that's why I'm so concerned about seeing in our states books that might lead to difficult conversations being banned from libraries and teachers being fearful that they're going to run afoul of uh, certain mandates.
8: Recent laws passed by the Republican-led legislature and approved by Governor Ron DeSantis have resulted in school books being challenged and pulled from shelves. There are also new rules governing how teachers discuss certain aspects of race, history, gender, and sexuality in the state's public schools. Nationally, people are politically polarized. High-profile celebrities spout racist and anti-Semitic views with few consequences. Tallahassee's Alicia Smith says there's been an uptick in harassing calls to Temple Israel, along with letters and posts to its Facebook page. And people are fearful and people stoke those fears for their own powerful political ends. And that's how it happens. And I keep reminding my children and my grandchildren and my fellow congregants, even my non-Jewish friends, particularly my non-Jewish friends, that all it takes for evil to exist in the world is for enough good people to do nothing. And that's my biggest fear. House Bill 269 faces three committee stops. As yet, it has no Senate sponsor. I'm Margie Menzel.
0: You're listening to Capital Report from WFSU Public Media. I'm Tom Flanagan. Finally this week, with all the debate this week about Social Security and health care following President Biden's State of the Union address, we couldn't wrap up Capital Report without at least one story about health care. A record high number of Americans are putting off medical care because of costs. That's according to a recent Gallup poll. It comes as inflation and rising rent make it harder for people to make ends meet. Health News Florida's Stephanie Colombini talked with residents feeling the crunch and advocates working to expand access to care.
10: Tracy Green sat in a folding chair outside a pink and white bus at a recent community health fair in Sarasota's Newtown neighborhood. She came to get a free mammogram.
6: To see if I have cancer or any kind of things going on with my breasts. I have issues with them because they're so big and so I'm just coming to find out.
10: Green says her breasts cause her severe back pain and says a doctor once recommended she get reduction surgery, but she hasn't. The 54-year-old says her teeth are in bad shape too, but they'll also have to wait. Green doesn't have health insurance or a stable job.
6: You know, I don't have money to go to the dentist, nothing. It's so expensive now to get one extraction, one tooth full. It's like 200, 300 some dollars that you don't have. So I don't know what to do it's like fighting a losing battle right now
10: nearly 40 percent of americans say they put off medical treatment last year due to cost according to a gallup poll published in january it's a 12-point increase from the year before and the highest since the analytics firm started tracking the issue in 2001. the country experienced record high inflation rates last year and parts of florida like the tampa metro area often fared worse than the nation
6: we see an increasing desperation
10: Dr. Lisa Merritt helped organize the fair as head of the Multicultural Health Institute. The group works to reduce health disparities in the region and is based in Newtown. The Centers for Disease Control ranks the community as highly vulnerable to health issues because many residents live below the poverty line, lack insurance, and face other barriers to care.
6: It's very difficult for people to be concerned about abstract things like getting screenings getting regular health maintenance when they're contending with the challenges of basic
10: survival, food, shelter, transportation often. Merritt and her team of safekeepers go out into the community and work to build trust with residents who may not be aware helps available. At the health fair, volunteer Bonnie Hardy chatted with residents she recognized from her outreach in the area. She didn't have to think twice when asked what the biggest concern is for the people she serves. (laughs) right now a place to stay housing is horrible though the spike in housing costs has started to calm down in recent months data shows rent in Sarasota has gone up nearly 50% since the pandemic began in 2020 Hardy says part of her work as a safekeeper is to connect people with resources that can help get them into housing and cover costs like utilities and security deposits She says helping people stabilize in their day-to-day lives can improve health.
7: Because they're more comfortable now. They feel like, hey, the rent is paid, I can let my guards down. Maybe I can go get the medical attention I need.
10: Doctors say putting off health care can lead to bigger problems down the line. Authors of the Gallup Poll say one of the most concerning findings was that more than a quarter of respondents say they delayed treatment for serious conditions. The Multicultural Health Institute tries to prevent that from happening by helping people access free insurance and hosting screening events like the one in Newtown. In addition to mammograms, attendees could get checked for diabetes, prostate cancer, and other conditions. How you doing, sir? Fifty-one-year-old Crystal Clyburn sat down to get her blood pressure checked at a station run by Sarasota Memorial Hospital.
6: It's 130 over 80. That's a little high does a little bit higher.
10: Okay. Clyburn's a substitute teacher and doesn't have insurance either. She says opportunities like this are critical to staying on top of her health. I just have to take advantage of
6: whatever that's out there, like whatever that's free.
10: Advocates say the Newtown event was a success and they want to do more things like it, but they say they need more money and continued collaboration with health groups to pull it off. For Health News Florida, I'm Stephanie Colombini.
0: Our regular Capital Report correspondents are Valerie Crowder, Gina Jordan, Lynn Hatter, Regan McCarthy, and Margie Menzel. Thanks also to Kevin Kerrigan, Sherilyn Cabrera, and Stephanie Colombini. Technical assistance for Capital Report comes from Taylor Cox, and I'm Tom Flanagan. Please join us again next week for more reports from the state capitol. Capital Report is a production of WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee.